Between life and death, there is a library, and within that library, the shelves go on forever. Every sounds book... like a wet dream. <laughs> they follow each other across universes and have a way of having brain sex because... That's the only way to have sex. <laughs> you might escape the bonds of gravity, but you cannot escape class struggle, comrade. Hello, 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 and welcome to Totally Unrelated, the podcast where two Eastern European wannabe aunties bitch and moan about all the things that are not right in this world, from politics to media to people just being dumb on the internet. My name is Diana. And I am Irina. And um, today's topic will be all about uh, books that got a fair bit of attention during these pandemic times. Irina, uh, since uh, this was uh, yet another episode uh, in which we channeled your righteous rage into <laughs> <laughs> creating content, I'll let you contextualize whatever it is that we're doing here. Okay, so last year there was a pandemic. I, I, I love the fact that you're using the past tense, you know, very optimistic <laughs> and everything. <laughs> okay, so as my job, I'm a doctor who works in an You know who clinic. else is a doctor? I'm gonna go ahead and say a lot of people. <laughs> But most importantly, <laughs> Ben Shapiro's wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, no relations. Okay, so um, let's just say that last year was uh, sort of only doom and gloom for a while there. I mean, if you are uh, in an oncology clinic, it, it's already not exactly the happiest yeah. of places. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a happy Pla place. Plus, 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 plus pandemic. So um, as, as we were saying, due to my job, I worked um, all throughout the year and I sort of uh, went through all the crazy that came with it. So I really needed something, you know, light in my life and since that wasn't going to be um, you know meeting up with friends and going out it sort of had to be books so i decided to read some nice things with good reviews you know the best seller kind of books <laughs> because well you know or so my logic naive logic went if lots and lots of people having a shitty time just like me Uh, are actually really into something, it must be okay for this, you know, weird period. So I went to Goodreads and God, did it stir me wrong? Well, yeah, but you know, this is partly your fault because you uh, fell into that whole a billion flies can't be wrong about eating shit sort of trap. I mean, <laughs> you, you know that most people have terrible tastes and this is why we're friends because We are part of a select group of people with exquisite tastes and uh, absolutely divine <laughs> opinions that are beyond reproach. Of, of, of course, of course. Um, the, the fact that we are perfect is not in question here. Yes, yes. Of course. So, uh, the books I'm going to bitch about, because just to be clear, uh, I read a lot more bad books last year, but the books I'm going to bitch about were actually bestsellers. And they all ended up on Goodreads Choice Awards of 2020, which are the books voted, you know, uh, best by the readers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because, you know, I read a lot of bad books and I, 
I see, I see a lot of bad movies. I, uh, uh, but you know, generally, I do it by choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, I know the common opinion is that they're bad, but uh, you know, I enjoy something about them, so I cannot complain about mm-hmm. those. But these books were receiving high fucking praise, were selling tons of copies were recommended to me by some of my co-workers, so I feel like I have the right to complain loudly and publicly about these ones. And so you shall. (laughs) So I shall. So, without further ado, let's name names. The books I hated last year. Let me let, let me just do the movie voice. Number one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Midnight Library, but by Matt Haig, Haig, I don't know how you say his mm-hmm. name. Number um, two. <laughs> the, We're the doing this, and... shut up. We're doing this. Okay. The Devil and the Dark Water by Stuart Turton. Number three. Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Number four. Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. And finally, number five. Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. Uh, so, uh, I also would like to talk in another episode about some of the books I actually enjoyed, <laughs> but uh, I think we should start with the hate. And I hope it's clear that uh, it's going to be spoilers galore. So if you're not into that, then this episode is not for you. We have to start with The Midnight Library, because it is it has won Best Fiction of 2020 in the Goodreads Choice Awards and has a, a four port. F- Point fourteen stars out of 5 on Goodreads. Also, it has been recommended to me by a lot of people that I actually know and I have a fairly good opinion of. So, um, we had uh, very awkward talks about it afterwards before, you know, be- because we are also friends on Goodreads and they saw my uh, two-star rating to their five-star rating, so that was awkward. You know who doesn't <laughs> feel awkward about their ratings? <laughs> This lady, I, I know I ticked off some of my friends with my two-star rating of books like, I don't know, Tolkien Silmarillion, but sorry, not sorry. I I love me some world building, but, you know, don't tell me knowing the name of everyone's horse in an epic saga is what makes for good literature. It's, it's, you know, if, if it's your thing, if you like it enjoy it by all means but you know don't do the surprise pikachu face when people are not impressed with the insane levels of unnecessary details in a book that frankly for me at least doesn't offer anything else yeah so (laughs) i mean i i haven't read it but it, it sounds pretty bad I so mean, <laughs> I, 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 I can see why it's useful for someone who is into that sort of world already and just wants the extra layer of oh but how did it all come to be or whatever but like oh. yeah sure <laughs> uh, so uh, coming back to our uh, bad book the summary of this it's book. your bad book girl don't it's don't it's it, 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 this on me it's, it's not it's, no, it's, no. It's, don't don't involve me in this it's it's my bad book but i <laughs> i have a pretty strong feeling that it would be yours also <laughs> so this is the um, summary as it is presented on goodreads between life and death there is a library and within that library the shelves go on forever Every book like a wet dream. <laughs> every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived. To see how things would be if you had made other choices. 
would you have done anything different if you had the chance to undo your regrets? Is it like, it It sounds a bit like uh, if you were in a closet full of a Terry Pratchett's trousers of time, right? Yeah. Um, and let me just, for, for those unfamiliar with Discworld lore, can I just read a bit about what the trousers of time concept is? <laughs> sure, go ahead. So it's uh, defined as a shape with one entrance and two exits. Uh, one may imagine falling continually into the waistband, not knowing from which leg one may emerge. So does history occur in myriad, often unconsidered, minor decisions? The history monks keep the trousers pressed and mended, as they should be. <laughs> Occasionally, they change the style to keep up with what the times should be. Now and then, one leg may be let out extra baggy or reduced to a stocking. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, only, you know, in uh, Pratchett's case, it's a lot funnier. And uh, it, it also doesn't make sense, but at least it doesn't make sense in a way that it was supposed to not make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, the character of our book is called Nora. And Nora starts the book by being generally depressed. And then her cat dies, and then she kills herself. Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't you just love it when uh, serious emotional distress or mental health problems are used as a mere plot device? Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. So respectful. I, I already feel like we have a winner I, here. So. Yeah, I, I, I told you. And this is, mm. this is like the first, I know, 10 pages. Uh, <laughs> but, but she does not die completely. She ends up in this... She, she, so she half-asses dying as well. She, she, she half-asses dying. Uh, but, okay. but we do not know that. We just know that she ends up in this uh, strange in-between. That is actually a library with a librarian. With one book in the library that contains all of her regrets. Of, you know, like ever. And then an infinite number of books with variations of her life modified by different choices <laughs> so yeah ooh, okay so but uh, like are we talking regrets like just after taking a specific decision sort of regrets or like lifetime it's, it's like the the big regrets like not that you ate the extra McDonald's kind of regrets, <laughs> like the, the, the big stuff. Okay. So the librarian tells her that she can look through her regrets and based on that, she can choose to try on other lives. And the idea is that she ends up in those lives as who she is in that moment, not as the person who she would be had she actually have lived the life she tries on. So that in itself is so bloody stupid. Uh, but but you know you know what this is, right? Because it's this idiotic separation between mind and soul and body that we just grow up surrounded by in these here parts of the world. Uh, so it, for us, it's like water to fish. You don't even know. It's not something that makes sense to someone who doesn't have these uh, his imaginary shaped by these ideas. Otherwise, it, it it's just, you know, you burst out laughing. It's nonsensical. Yeah. You know, you inhabit a life, but you're not the person that you 
probably would have become have you taken those decisions to yeah. like no it's stupid like blame it on Plato or Christianity or whatever but <laughs> I, that, this idea that you have some sort of external essence that is you just separate and extricated from the body and the environment and everything that came before it is just just because yeah. it's so familiar it it makes sense as a a device in fiction but you know otherwise it's just absurd mm-hmm. true I, mm. I i completely agree okay so uh, she ends up in uh, other li- in this you know whatever other life at the exact time when she died in the current life but she know nothing of her new life so she sort of has to guess what happened to her up until that point and uh, she does that in like a couple of minutes or a few hours or a day also bloody stupid <laughs> so basically it's a character in a video game because pretty pretty yeah, much pretty this much. is how it works and then i mean in a in a video game it makes sense because you cannot expect you need the the sort of Uh, user to connect with the character to identify with them quickly and in order to do this you cannot have them go on for uh, days or weeks or months not knowing what the fuck has happened so even if you have like the plot (laughs) device of amnesia or something you've just plopped in there you need Mm -hmm. to quickly figure out what has what 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 has been going on so um, the idea is that if she feels at home in any of these other life, possible lives, truly at home, she will forget the current life and become her other self and stay in that life. Like, what <laughs> the actual fuck? How could one feel at home impersonating someone else, even if that person is like somewhat familiar? Like a you that has lived another life is another person. You don't feel at home while living someone else's life and definitely not in like, I don't know, five minutes while you sort of pretend you know what's going on. Like, like no. You know, again, who who did, did this better? Tara Pratchett. I, <laughs> With the, I mean, wh- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure a, a lot of people could have done it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, you know, the whole concept of borrowing in this world, the thing that the witches yeah, 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 do yeah, I know. with borrowing mm-hmm. an animal. and uh, But even there, uh, the whole idea is that if you borrow an animal and you stay there for too long, uh, even when you come back, you have like remnants of that animal's psyche so to so to speak so you mm-hmm. just cannot keep your essence without your body Separate. your environment your everything yeah you lose yourself <laughs> like yes 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 of course and you you lose parts of yourself and you borrow parts from mm-hmm. wherever you are yeah okay so we have established that the premise of this book is shit yeah <laughs> so <laughs> So the entire book is full of this fortune cookie kind of wisdom. And at the end, wouldn't you know it, Nora, our lovely Mm -hmm. character, realizes she was actually already living the life she feels more at home in. So surprising. Mm. And um, after the fortune cookie new agey bullshit wisdom, now she is able to see all the ways in which she would have fixed what was wrong with her life. And she actually wakes up from her Mm non-death, you know, post-attempted suicide and all is well, well in the world. 
Nora, dear, have you tried not being depressed, Nora? <laughs> just make your exactly. bed, take a shower, and all will be just fine. You know, <laughs> self-improvement wins the day. Yay! Uh, I'm guessing there's very little in the way of details about uh, the reasons why Nora is depressed in the first place. And none of those reasons go beyond just her personal life. Like they are in no way connected to, you know, larger societal problems that she and others might be struggling with. Yeah, no, 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 of course not. Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, the metaphors in this book are as subtle as the proverbial bull in the china shop. Also, apparently, according to this book, all you need to do to fix your mental health problems is to try and fail at committing suicide. And, you know, have some new agey philosophy thrown at you. And then you're, like, fixed. I mean, we all know that there are, like, two things that female characters, especially those written by men, can do to grow as individuals, right? One is attempted suicide, and the second one is be raped. <laughs> this is just how it happens all the time, folks. I, they, it cannot be help. You can only <laughs> grow through serious trauma. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, I just love how the implication is Nora was always the problem, right? Yes, yes, ab- absolutely. <laughs> because now she thinks the right way. Turns out her life is actually peachy. Mm-hmm. But it, this is just like gaslighting of epic proportions. And like, listen, I've talked with people with different mental health issues. And uh, yes, they said that there is such a thing as distortions that your brain itself creates and that impact the quality of your life, so to speak. And there is such a thing as catastrophizing and so on and so forth. But given the general dismissal of mental health problems as it is, the oh, just smile, stop being depressed thing, I I think one has to be careful not to unwillingly perpetuate uh, these preconceptions uh, and put the onus exclusively on the individual. It's just not fair. And honestly, even if you just want to discuss it from like just the person's point of view and mm-hmm. what whatever but you know that person will have a lifelong struggle and will go to you know psychologist and will will go through a process that is not committing suicide having weird new agey ideas and waking up from suicide attempt and being like now i've got it yeah <laughs> Okay, so this is pretty much it with the first book. All I needed was my cat dying. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So the second in line of what uh, even is, you know, what, what even? (laughs) What even? What are we even? (laughs) What what are we even, you know? Uh, Is the Devil in the Dark Water by Stuart Tartan. I gave this book one star because... Yeah, no, dear God, this was bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least in the Midnight Library, the prose is not cringe. The mm-hmm. subject matter is, but not the writing in itself. Mm-hmm. But The Devil in the Dark Water, everything is bad. This one has <laughs> this one has a 3.87 stars out of 5. And it was in the top 10 for Best Mystery and Thrillers in Goodreads Choice Awards of 2020. Mm-hmm. So the summary goes like this. A murder on the high seas, a detective duo, a demon who may or may not exist. I mean, it sounds exciting. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it goes on like this. 
1634 and Samuel Pepys, the world's greatest detective, is being transported to Amsterdam to be executed for a crime he may or may not have committed. Traveling, <laughs> traveling with him is his loyal bodyguard, Aaron Hayes, who is determined to prove his friend innocent. But no sooner are they out of the sea than devilry begins to blight the voyage. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the summary from Goodreads. A twice, dead, a twice dead leper stalks the decks. Strange symbols appear on the sails. <laughs> Livestock is slaughter. And then three passengers are marked for death, including Samuel. Could a demon be responsible for their misfortune? Ta-da! <laughs> okay, but... Okay, wait, 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 wait. So many questions. <laughs> so, livestock is slaughtered. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what usually happens? Sure, but not while you have the livestock on the boat that you are transporting from one place to the next. You usually, you slaughter People it. were hungry, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than eating one another, I guess. Yeah, sure, sure. And what about the twice dead leper? It, it, it seems a bit like a, excuse my pun, overkill. Because aren't zombies already exhibiting some of the signs of leprosy, like necrosis and losing bits and pieces of themselves? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> hence, hence the one star. Uh, <laughs> so... When you read that one of the characters is the world's greatest detective, you naively, or at least I naively, expect him to, you know, do some detective work or some shit like that. Mm. Well, you would be wrong. <laughs> Overall, this book is written with the flair and ability of an alien who is just starting to get humans and all the alien has to go on is watching Scooby-Doo on repeat. Because really, this novel is like a Scooby-Doo story, but without the fun and the, you know, funny characters. So this is like uh, <laughs> fiction written by Jeff Bezos? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't or really... Or maybe Zuck? Yeah, I, I don't know the guys personally, but from their... Uh, you don't need to. From their extremely lively <laughs> public persona? Yeah. <laughs> I could, yeah, I, I could, I could uh, imagine them. Uh, they just light up the room. Yeah. By setting it on fire, but they light up the room. <laughs> Trust me, if somebody would have set this book on fire, it would have made it better. <laughs> <laughs> don't burn this book. <laughs> ah. But... Uh, but also, you know, my question uh, when it comes to detective stories is why do we still have them? Because don't we already know that it's always the butler who's done it? <laughs> well, it's fine, because in this case, the world's greatest detective just sits in prison, like for the entirety of the book and does okay. nothing and talks to nobody. Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, so <laughs> this, <laughs> this must be one of the most boring and pointless books I have ever read. It's like really bad Scooby-Doo episode, you know, if, 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 if the episodes were long and lacked Scooby snacks and, you know, tried to seem extremely self-important. Oh, God. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, I don't know what you mean, Irina, because Scooby and the gang uh, had a vital role in society. And the reason why crime rates uh, are up in some parts of the world is because they're no longer here, right? <laughs> and, you know, if it weren't for those meddling kids, all those monsters would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> also, were Scooby Snacks just dog food? 
because you know if that's the case why does shaggy like them so much i, I have so many questions <laughs> yeah, yeah the the reason i say it's like a scooby-doo episode it's because throughout all the book uh, they they try to make it seem like it's this uh, magic witchcraft uh, something uh, you know uh, to do with uh, something supernatural of course and at the end you take a, <laughs> you take away the you know um, shits <laughs> from the bed <laughs> and what do you know it's people i really don't even feel like saying more about it because the writing style has no redeeming qualities there is no humor there is no wit there is no particular suspense the reveal is so contrived and the car the characters are cartoonish in like the worst of ways so just like no <laughs> well okay you know that, that's that then i you know, pity the summer did uh, sound like a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. What was up with the twice dead leopard, though? I'm I'm still curious about that. Oh character. yeah, no, no, it's it it's no. <laughs> is it That's that just, bad? Uh, it, it 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 is. Everything is that bad in this book. <laughs> was it so, like uh, just pitched to us like this very interesting thing, and then it never did anything? Or? No, it's like the leopard only died once, but like they made it appear that it appeared again and somehow died again but that didn't actually happen Aww. so it just nominally died twice yeah but... yes 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 <laughs> just had yeah. just one 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 normal death okay so the third book is uh, the mexican gothic by silvia moreno garcia and this one has a rating of 3.7 stars out of 5 and won Best Horror in Goodreads Choice Awards of 2020. So the summary of this book goes like this. After receiving a frantic letter from her newlywed cousin begging for someone to save her from a mysterious doom, mm. no yeah, Noemi Tabueda heads to High Place, a distant house in the Mexican countryside. And Noemi mesmerized by the terrifying and seductive world of high place may soon find it impossible to ever leave this enigmatic house behind Ooh. again sounds intriguing right yeah 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 no it's not it's plain and, <laughs> it's it, it's plain and it's boring uh, and it's painful how boring it is <laughs> her newlywed cousin asks to be saved from mysterious doom is there like a mother-in-law joke there or no it was more like the father-in-law that was the mostly the the problem but yeah <laughs> also the doom is as underwhelming as the rest of the book well, yeah uh, and does this story take time in the present or is it a period drama or an alternate universe it's sort of a suspended time somewhere mm -hmm. so it's like hot intrigue and torrid love uh, affairs uh, the hacienda or something <laughs> like that well mas o menos okay so it tries you know for some mm -hmm. literary style uh, but what you end up with is a lot of descriptions of boring shit like curtains. Do we get to learn the names of everyone's horses? That's what I want to know. Th <laughs> thank thankfully, no. But you know that you know this is this is uh, how you distinguish between high literature and uh, a disappointing Goodreads uh, recommendation, right? Because <laughs> uh, that's proper world building, right? Horses. 
uh, and the author's name was Sylvia, right? So yes, I'm yes. guessing, I'm assuming it's a lady. Mm-hmm. So obviously we cannot possibly have a literary masterpiece here because she is concerned with trivial matters such as detailed descriptions of how the curtains fall or whatever instead of talking horses. I can, I can see how you're talking about your own book trauma here, <laughs> but let's let's not let's not derail this. <laughs> oh, come on. That's the, that's the fun of it. Okay, so the weird thing in this book yeah, is that it tries so hard. It tries to be mysterious. It has ghosts. It has reincarnation. Mm. Does it have any references to Dia de los Muertos, at least? No. Uh, mm. The book tries to be shocking. It has incest. It has sexual assault. <laughs> it has kidnapping. Oh my it, god! It, it, it tries to have love and it tries to have a redemption arc. Honestly, if you can't think about it, it probably is in this book. Okay, so I gotta ask um, because you mentioned incest, right? Are the people involved in the incest hot? Because it feels like incest is one of those things that is so weirdly, I would almost say romanticized in fiction as opposed to what it usually is in real life because you know let's be honest there is nothing sexy about incest like in real life it's almost never some hot pair of brother and sister but like derpy buck cousins who marry to keep wealth in the family or you know even worse some horrific abuse from a parent or an adult relative towards a child right but in fiction and correct me if I'm wrong because it's not like I have a lot of experience of fictional incestual relationships <laughs> <laughs> but it, Lucky in fiction, you. it's usually yeah. In fiction, it's usually siblings, generally close in terms of their age, and they are hot. <laughs> in fact, the implication almost seems to be that they think they are so hot that nobody is good enough for them, so they are sort of forced by circumstance to fuck one another. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not. It's totally not the case. Um, okay. No, no. Here, it is just. Uh, this family that lives forever and they decayed, like their body actually decays and they mm-hmm. keep fucking each other because there is like, they're just them. No. Uh- so, 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 so they want to unlock the Habsburg jaw <laughs> in the end. This I'm, is their goal. It's like, I'm not sure what they're trying to unlock here. <laughs> because as I said, you know, this, this book tries to unlock everything. Uh, it has, mm. you know, it has mentions of colonialism, of eugenics, of racism, of misogyny, of cannibalism, of e- oh. exploitation of the natives, white supremacy, like tons of murders. And with all of that, it just manages to be a long as boring, badly written book that is just fucking ridiculous. I'll go out on a limb here and assume that the people doing the incest are also doing the eugenics <laughs> and the colonialism yes. and exploiting of the natives. Yes. Like, yeah, yes. Just a hot tree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, cannibalism could go either way, uh, but the only difference there is probably between nibblers and nose-to-tail eaters, I would assume. (laughs) Yeah, cannibalism also goes to the incest doers. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess they hit the jackpot. Yeah, so the fourth book is Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. And this one has a rating of 4.1 out of 5 stars uh, on Goodreads. And it was in the top 10 best mystery and thrillers of Goodreads Choice Awards of 2020. And I gave it 2 stars. Mm -hmm. So the summary on Goodreads goes like this. 
what was it like living in that house? Maggie Holt is used to such questions. 25 years ago, she and her parents, Ewan and Jess, moved into Bainbury Hall, a rambling Victorian estate in the Vermont woods. They spent three weeks there before fleeing in the dead of night, an ordeal Ewan later recounted in a non-fiction book called House of Horrors. Today, Maggie is a restorer of old homes and too young to remember any of the events mentioned in her father's book. But she also doesn't believe a word of it. Ghosts, after all, don't exist. When Maggie inherits Bainbury Hall after her father's death, she returns to renovate the place to prepare it for sale. As Maggie experiences strange occurrences, straight out of her father's book, she starts to believe that what he wrote was more fact than fiction. Again, sounds fun, right? I, I mean, it, it sounded like that to me. And, you know, I, I wasn't looking for high literature here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I was never really into, or I, the, the idea of ghost never really uh, resonated with me. Maybe it's because of this whole notion of an immortal soul that still wanders around. I don't know. It just feels like it just feels awkward that we cannot get over this idea that once you die and you rot, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) We we keep fiddling with our cape, doing the whole villainous laughter and going, you thought I was done. Well, think again. (laughs) So, you know, for me, even in the context of a work of fiction, I just cannot really get, you know, the frisson of wondering oh but maybe ghosts are real this time because they never are i don't i, 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 I mean okay I, yeah I, I i i grew up watching the ghostbusters cartoons mm-hmm. and uh, they had this ghost called slimer that just went around the, you, you know you, you can tell by the, the green green one the, the green one the slimy green uh-huh. one that just went through all you know the uh, mm-hmm. walls and basically uh, kept eating all the food in the house and just had 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 a lot of fun <laughs> but that ghost was not supposed to be a former human that was just like a monster sort of ghost right every ghost is a former human but was slimer a former human yes is it the ghost of shaggy <laughs> i don't I, I don't know whose but it yeah Anyway, I mean, it, let's sorry. not uh, <laughs> let's 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 not uh, go into that debate. The point is that <laughs> I like ghosts. I like scary ghosts mm-hmm. that like just want to kill you, and I like funny ghosts that eat your burgers. But first of all, if you're going to have a ghost in the story, please let it be an actual ghost. So, well, as I was saying, what I got instead of fun was a sort of compilation of famous horror scenes from like top horror movies and plot twists from like top selling books like Shirley Jackson and uh, Stephen King with a bonus for a ridiculously stupid ending. (laughs) Like the book horribly murdered the idea of being a horror book and that ridiculous ending murdered the idea of putting it in mystery. What even was this book trying to do? You know what this book would be good for? A drinking game. You, mm. you drink, yeah, you know, like you start reading it with friends and you drink every time you realize you already read or saw that scene somewhere else before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw somebody commenting with this one liner. What if we rewrote The Haunting of Hill House, but this time made it dumb? <laughs> I, I don't think you read The Haunting of Hill House, but it, yeah, no, yeah no. it's uh, the uh, Shirley Jackson, a very famous book. And uh, for whoever read it, like, this pretty much summed it up. Like, 
like this book is just a ripoff of the other book, but done. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I I was just thinking now because uh, I know that if I were to ever publish uh, something fiction mm-hmm. uh, wise. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that you'd one star my ass on Goodreads <laughs> and I so enjoy that <laughs> because you are just so ruthless when you get annoyed by something you don't like. <laughs> I, I I mean, I, I, I like to think that I would one star you before you made any shitty thing public. <laughs> so I wouldn't one star you on Goodreads. I would one star you in your own life. fucking apart. Yeah, in your life. Uh-huh. So you can get your shit together and publish a better book. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I love I love your energy because you're like, uh, this is bad. I need to file a complaint. Who Who is your boss, please? <laughs> you know what you are? You're a literary Karen. That's what you are. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I I, compl- <laughs> I completely embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just so uh, that you know, I am not making this shit up. Mm-hmm. Like this is the ending of the book. Just so you understand why I wanted to 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 complain to whoever was in charge. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the house is not haunted. <gasps> the, oh, you yeah. mean ghosts are not real after all? Shocker. Yeah. So the house. <laughs> The house has a secret passage that other people used. So the parents of the protagonist, you know, parents of Maggie, mm-hmm. believed that their five-year-old child committed murder somehow, and they invented a whole ghost story, and they wrote a novel about it that became a famous book, all in the hope that their apparently unstable child, uh, who they believed killed people at age of five, doesn't find out that she's a former killer. And kids, this is what this is what comes <laughs> from not having uh, free mental health care. <laughs> but like, how 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 how? Or a ser- or a serious literature professor. But like, okay, how how was this supposed to work in the minds of the parents? Like, were those murders not particular? particularly memorable no no, or... no no like the the, the, mur- <laughs> the murders have been investigated but they wanted people to not suspect their five-year-old child of murder no 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 but i mean in terms of were they not memorable for the child they thought what had had done them like i, I, <laughs> I don't i, I don't I, know I, I think that if you would have done something like that as a five-year-old child it would yeah. just be like, oh well, I don't, I, I don't know. It just slipped my mind. I never remember doing it. I, I, I guess. And I... and and now I'm so well adjusted and never killed again <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you know, like things like divorce, domestic abuse, grandma dying, murder. They're just like, yeah, kids are just so <laughs> absent-minded about these things. Yes, and some somehow you are a killer at age five, and you forget about it, uh, and then you will end up living a healthy adult life. Hey, we all know <laughs> that repression always works, and it's a key to, <laughs> and it's the key to a happy and fulfilling life, right? Totally. Catholic Church approves. <laughs> uh, and the said child grows up to find out the truth, together with the fact that she was not in fact a killer was only unfortunate enough to have a secret passage in her old room that uh, the actual killer used. Like, that's 
that's the whole thing. Somebody came into her room and they committed the murder and it wasn't the child. So like and she just she she just had two fucked in the head parents. So did <laughs> wait. So okay. So did the parents assume their daughter had killed people by accident or did they actually make her on the undergo any kind of treatment no. because they, no? they, they, they 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 thought she killed somebody because of I know reasons but no let's not make her undergo any sort of treatment. but wouldn't they be scared that she would do like an oopsie and kill them as well i and also like how how on earth does it make sense to protect the feelings of your child if you suspect she might have killed someone when we both know to this day that mothers will guilt trip the shit out of you because you've done the cardinal mistake of not making soup properly or not ironing your underwear this does not make yeah, sense i i know but it this is a this is a book that doesn't make sense it's no this this ha this uh, should have uh, been read by like an eastern european mother uh and edited by her because you know it just it makes no sense. It it would have had like three pages. <laughs> it would have it it would have been like this is shit. Cut it out. <laughs> also, so. it would it would have ended with someone taking off their shoes and just beating the child with them or something. <laughs> Did you kill that person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, in Eastern Europe, not only are we also very good at repressing, but we are also still you know somewhat in the area of um, you know the idea that hitting your child helps yeah <laughs> <laughs> cannot deny the evidence generations of traumatized now adults cannot be wrong right look look at look at us we are so well adjusted yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the fifth book in this uh, long line of shitty books is the is the hardest to talk about. Uh, it is Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. Mm. Uh, it's the first book in a series, uh, the Nomena, Numina, I'm not sure how you mm -hmm. say it. Uh, and this one has a 3.81 rating out of 5 on Goodreads and was in the top best sci-fi Goodreads Choice Awards of 2020. And I gave it two stars. Mm. And the reason it is hard to talk about this book is because I love the author. Mm -hmm. um, Lindsay Ellis has an um, eponymous YouTube channel and I have been following her there for some years now and she's very smart, she's very witty and humorous and I love her YouTube work Yeah. yeah. so when I heard that she wrote a book I was like all about it like uh, I, I actually uh, paid a subscription to uh, audiobooks just so I can buy her book for Ooh. the yeah yeah it was like the first audiobook I bought Mm -hmm. um, legally, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I realize that you know, first novels um, are not necessarily the best, but goddamn, this one is so bad, oh. so bad. Yeah, I was uh, taken uh, taken aback when you first talked to me about this book as well, um, and I'll probably try to make time to read it for the same reason you described. Please, please, please do, please do, like I. I feel that it would be so much better to rage with someone else, you know, because like raging in a void is kind of not as much fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to 
sort of rationalize this that you know someone can be great at expressing their ideas through one medium say you know video essays on youtube but Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily follow that uh, it doesn't necessarily follow that they uh would master another medium as well uh like there are so many uh i don't know uh top performing athletes in a particular sport it does not mean that if they go into golfing they'll be tiger woods (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although there oh. are exceptions, uh, but um, yeah, it just seems it's it seems odd, and uh, you know. Then again, writers will be inconsistent, and I can imagine being a young writer that is already quite well known by you know at least a big chunk of her readers, um, and that probably also puts additional pressure on your writing. And then again, it might just be the case that her book suffers from the same faults you've found in uh, ones you've mentioned previously. A promising idea but somewhat poorly that is somewhat poorly executed and that is trying to cram too many things into the same story. So does this have any ghost or twice that lepers <laughs> at least or something? Oh, no, no, no. This, this one has aliens and talks of genetics and uh, other races that are are so completely superior that they are exactly like us. Never mind. I'm going I'm going to start at the beginning. <laughs> so the summary goes like this. It's the fall of 2007. A well-timed leak has revealed that the US government might have engaged in first contact. Cora Sabino is doing everything she can to avoid the whole mess since the force driving the controversy is her whistleblower father. She neither knows nor cares whether her father's leaks are a hoax and wants nothing to do with him until she learns just how deeply entrenched her family is in the cover-up and that an extraterrestrial presence has been on Earth for decades. Wait, wait, wait. She neither knows nor cares? What? Yes. How- yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, realizing the extent to which both she and the public have been lied to, she sets out to gather as much information as she can and finds that the best way for her to uncover the truth is not as a whistleblower, but as an intermediary. The alien presence has been completely uncommunicative until she convinces one of them that she can act as their interpreter, becoming the first and only humor vessel of communication. Their otherworldly connection will change everything she thought she knew about being human and could unleash a force more sinister than she ever imagined. Pam pam. I I cannot get over the whole she's not interested in her father's leaks, like is she skeptical about the existence of aliens in general or is there like a sort of uh, Ugh, that you're so cringe kind of adolescent vibe mm. thing going there or like, I, no I no no it. she's no she's more like dad uh, didn't care about me didn't pay enough attention about me and somehow people want to know about her father but the father wasn't in her life, so she's like, he didn't do all the fatherly shit. But so... it's aliens, man. Like, it's, we're not alone in the universe. How, like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, trust me, that is not one of the problems of this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I the, <laughs> the, the first, and I think the main problem of this book, is the writing style. It is bad. Like, shitting bricks levels of bad. <laughs> 
you know it's like what even are words kind of bad oh my god yeah like the prose is riddled with clunky sentences with bizarre phrasings with redundancies and tautologies and overwrought descriptions and the over (laughs) curtains no (laughs) and the overall pacing could best be described as awkward so uh, a commentator on goodreads said that this book reads like a combination of transformers meets twilight and let's just say that they weren't all that off mark. Uh, one of the most like what the fuck things about this book is that the protagonist is presented as somehow managing to be an interpreter for the aliens and like this special person, the first commu- communicator, communicator, the first communicator, communicator. Uh, <laughs> when 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 actually what what really happens is that the alien in question makes up a device inserts it in her brain mm. and uh, then that device just translates everything i mean mm. it would have been anyone else you know there is nothing special about our protagonist that makes her able to communicate or to understand the alien it's just a device implanted against her will in her brain oh. So it's like an, a non-consensual babble fish, like in the Hitch- yes. Gu- gu- yes. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, exactly. Ah, well, in goes the fishy. Bam, you can understand your uh, yeah interlocutor. Yeah, Pretty, pretty mm-hmm. much, pretty mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. So the book dearly wishes to explore some pretty interesting philosophical concepts. And then, you know, doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For for something that Alice said that she had worked on for a decade or so, I can say that this is a work that reflects it. Or, you know, who knows? Maybe it's the fact that she kept trying to make this book work, that she kept rewriting it. Maybe that's what ruined it in mm-hmm. the end. I, I don't know. Yeah. Because the, the book lacks energy. It lacks passion. It lacks the spark that makes you go, ah, this is why, you know, she wanted to tell this story. And this felt so weird to me because Lindsay Ellis is such a passionate storyteller in her vlogs, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, to top it all off, the aliens are polyamorous and they follow, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they follow each other across universes and have a way of having brain sex. That's because, the only way to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> because they are somehow above the body. Uh, but oh. our, yeah, I know. But our main alien somehow ends up not thinking of people as unimportant ants, um, unlike uh, his other alien relatives, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, our alien, which is mostly a sentient robot, ends up uh, having a relationship with our human protagonist, a romantic relationship in nature. Mm -hmm. So just so we are clear, these aliens are constantly described as looking like big robot insects. But our protagonist, for some reason, assigns genders to them and starts developing a kink, I guess. Sexy metal cockroaches. (laughs) cockroaches <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> yes yes so i'm guessing cora's shenanigans could be classified as diplomatic work in this context i mean <laughs> yeah she's literally taking one for the queen and country <laughs> and the milky way just, i cannot like yeah are they, you said big robot insects like ooh. yeah but they only have brain sex so it doesn't matter how big the robot is 
that's what they would like to you to believe. <laughs> I, I mean, I will definitely not be reading the <laughs> next two books in the series to find out if there are hidden parts in the robot. Uh, but um, <laughs> the, this book also sort of tries to talk about some big themes. The alien species are divided into castes uh, based on the roles that they play in society and only some of them can be rulers. And somehow these aliens are presented like having superseded the humans by eons and like nothing is, you know, at the level of humans. And yet their issues are very much like humans back in Empire's time. You might escape the bonds of gravity, but you cannot escape class struggle, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> so how are they superior if they are as shitty as our human race? Be because, because if you constantly write it, if you put the sentence that they are superior, then that's it. <laughs> okay. And um, the book also tries to talk about the truth. It, it starts with this idea, like this is a, actually a quote, that truth is a human right. And it's stupid in itself anyway, but then it like goes nowhere with it. I, I don't know, maybe she wants to go somewhere with it in the next books. But in this book, it's just like truth is a human right. Then we don't care about it. Come on, let's, let's just have health as a human right to begin with. And maybe then we can... <laughs> tackle some more esoteric notions like truth maybe I just, it's just a suggestion really <laughs> I, I I can totally concur with, with you and housing with and things like that you know that would be nice anyway maybe since this is meant to be a trilogy because um, apparently everything has to be a trilogy mm -hmm. these days maybe somehow these ideas might get developed later on but, you know, I'm definitely not going to read the next ones to find out. This, uh, these were my, uh, my five books read by me in 2020 that had great reviews and ended up being, um, well... Uh, Disappointment. Extreme. Well, they ended up being uh, extremely loved by other people and totally hated by me during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, this was really nice uh, being an armchair critic and just dissing on every dissing everyone's work is something we should uh, we should do more often. You, you know, I am a reader of fan fiction, mm -hmm. so when you are a um, reader of fan fiction, you cannot exactly complain <laughs> <laughs> about <laughs> about some books, but like in 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 alice's book mm -hmm. uh, because this is like it's not the most traumatizing one out of the five but it is in relation to how much i wanted to actually love this book um because the summary uh, you know could have been taken from some sort of crack fan fiction mm -hmm. like you know he here be illogical plot devices mm -hmm. Fan fiction tropes of the worst soul bond sort of type, mm -hmm. boring characters and last for insect like somewhat robotic aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, I have read fan fictions that sound like that, but they were ironic. Like they knew they like shit like that was actually in the tags, and they were like, "This is crack." Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But 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 this book took it itself so seriously. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. So, this this these five books have been the, the 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 tragedy of my quarantine. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it's safe to say that some people had had it worse than you, my dear. But 
<laughs> yeah. Reading bad books can also bring you down. So I, I, I empathize somewhat. And uh, if you if you enjoy my my rage, we can totally do this again. And uh, if you would like to to see me gushing instead of raging, we can totally do. That's a good word, gushing. Gushing. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we can totally do one one episode of like, oh my god, how is this so good? Kind of thing. <laughs> I I give you free reign over uh, over creating content out of gushing as well as raging. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I will try. I'm not sure how, like, you know that I wrote the content for this episode in, like, you called me and you tell me write mm-hmm. something and I did it until the mm-hmm. next morning. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure if love will make me be as um, productive. I mean, but it's in the word, it's gushing, so it should sort of, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think we should... I think we should close off this episode because I'm weirdly obsessed now with the obsessed now with the word gushing and I don't think this is going in a good direction. <laughs> um okay so um thank you for anyone listening and who has the sort of tolerance for all these uh I don't know auntie jokes that we're trying here. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, don't forget to follow us and share any episodes you like on whatever social media you might be active on. And uh, yeah, uh, see you. Bye. 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 Bye.